beautiful summer day we got going. You know, as we try to get back to a, a semi-new normal uh, things, you know, I, I look forward to when things are back to normal, but I don't know if they'll ever, ever get back to where they were before. A couple quick announcements I want to share with you as we get started this morning. Remember our service center, we are starting to take up things. Uh, Kim's got us a list out out back we we're taking up we're gonna try to make up for some of the time we haven't been here like our, our list contains two pound bags of flour pasta dinners 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 uh toothpaste toothbrush noodles rice baby food and baby wipes anything else you'd like to bring uh, our service center has been hit hard during this time and so we need to help try to to get it back going so please remember that uh you know as i said we're as we're Trying to get to a new normal, it's good to see more more smiling faces today, and I, I look forward to the day that we can get more people, and, and we are still reaching people on Facebook and, and, and with our podcast and different social media platforms we're doing, so we're streaming live and, and things like that, and I appreciate everybody that's tuning in with that, but let me do, do, do remind you that, hey, you can listen, you can watch, but it isn't the same as if you're, when you're not here. Uh, we need to fellowship of one another. Uh, we don't need to forsake, say, and replace it with something that is okay. It helped us through the, the pandemic. It helped us through the problems. And, and if it gets bad again, we'll go back to doing that, just, just doing that. But, hey, I do urge you, if you're at home, if you get a chance, please come and join us. You say, I'm worried about social distancing. Don't worry. We'll take care of that. We'll help you out. We'll be sure we're spread out. You can wear your mask. You can wear gloves. You can do whatever you feel safe doing. But I do urge you, if you're at home watching us or listening to us, you need to get back into church. If it's not here, somewhere else. Amen? Do what God's telling you to do because in the time we live in, that's what we need the most. So I want to urge you to do that. Be praying for one another. Our church still got a lot of folks that are sick. We still got a lot of things going on. So we're lifting each other up in the church. Be praying for the sick. Be praying for those who's lost loved ones. And most of all, be praying for the church. Amen. That we'll do what God wants us to do today. As we try to get back one day, hopefully soon, we might be able to do a Sunday school class. We're looking at trying trying something. Uh, one, we I, I like to see a little more people here before we get into that. Amen. And we are still having our Wednesday night Bible study. So I urge you, if you get to come to those, come to those. Any chance you get a chance to be with the saints of God, let's worship a little bit. Jimmy, this morning, will you start us off in a word of prayer in just a second? Jimmy, will you start us off in a word of prayer? Eternal God, our Father, Master, as we come this morning, we do come with very humble, very thankful hearts. We're so thankful that we're able to gather together in the house of prayer. Lord, through the things that uh, the church has been through in the last few months, Lord, you allow us to come back together and, and worship you as a body of believers. We thank you for this privilege this morning. We ask the Lord to bless everyone that's come this way. I pray they've come seeking blessing from you, seeking to draw closer to you. And Father, we pray for our other churches that are gathered in this hour. As some of them are starting back, Lord, would you be with them this morning? May you really pour out your word and your spirit this morning that your people might be uh, energized, might be uh, the joy might be restored to them in that fellowship. We thank you again, Lord, for all that you've done for us and and we pray, Father, this morning for our sake, for those that are suffering. We have some that's really, really sick, Lord. We pray you touch and continue to heal their bodies. We pray for those masters where dead that's come and brought sad hearts. God, would you comfort him as only you can. But if we go into the preaching part of the service, we would stay forward, give him the words, hide him behind the cross. Master, give him the words, not his words, but your words that he might, you might speak through him uh, to this people. That we together will be drawn closer together, closer to you the day in which we live, a day of turmoil, a day of unrest in our land. And help us to realize, Master, that one day, you're going to take us out of this. You're going to deliver us from this mess. And we're going to go home to be with you. Thank you again, Lord, for this privilege this morning to be in the house of prayer. Just bless us in a mighty way here today, Father. Anything is said and done, let it be done for your honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, one thing I want to share with you, too, is even though we got things going on, as Jimmy said, this is, we live in a time of trouble. 
uh, we are trying to do normal stuff, amen? And, and one normal here on Sunday mornings. Uh, normal with, we're trying to get a VBS going, getting ready to do that. Looking forward to it. Got a, got a great idea, getting things planned. Don't, don't have a date yet, but we'll let you know more about that coming soon. Our ladies group has not been able to meet, right? But that doesn't mean y'all haven't been active, right? Uh, if you look behind me, I don't know if you can see it on camera, but if you look behind us, there's a bunch of backpacks up here. Uh, Kim, how many backpacks have you got? Ten right now. Ten right now. That's and right we now. Two weeks. We got two weeks. Well, we two weeks. Uh, that's, left. that's two weeks. We got two weeks left. We got two weeks of what we got in these. Tell us a little bit about the backpacks. Uh, it's for the Head Start here. Uh, Linda uh, Perry is uh, with that. And we're just collecting uh, school supplies for them. And there's a list back in the back that for what to get in it. And the backpacks are here. So all I just need is stuff to go in them. I'm glad I'm not the only one that stumbles the word <laughs> sometimes. Right. So, so as we get these backpacks, if you need any more information about them, you want to do something with them, you say, well, I don't have time to go. Just see Kim. We'll figure out a way to get this done. Amen. Look for uh, the, the kids will be using these. Any other announcements this morning? Is everybody ready to worship today? Amen. Amen. Are you ready to, to get excited about the Lord today? This is God's house. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all look like you're about still half asleep. Look at that person beside you. Make sure to tell them, I ain't started preaching yet, so they should not be asleep just yet. Let's get ready to do a little worshiping. Let's get ready to have a little, little Holy Spirit fill this place. Uh, one thing I do want to share with you, the altar is open at all times. You can use it if you want. We're, we're not going to crowd around you. We're going to try to maintain social. You want somebody to pray with you? We'll pray with you. But uh, just remember, try to keep social distancing. And, and let's just enjoy the Holy Spirit this morning. Jimmy, come on up. Let's get a little worshiping going. Let's get a little singing doing. Amen. Uh, you ready to sing loud, bro? Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, look at that person beside you. Tell them to grab your book. Birthdays. Anybody have a birthday or anniversary? Dreamy wants to sing to you this morning. All right, how many had a birthday? Anniversary? All right, so we got a, how many years? 33. How many years? 12. 12, amen. Anybody else? You have an anniversary? Okay, well, I was doing that, bro. All right, birthday. All right, how many birthdays? We got birthdays, we got anniversaries. All right, Scotty, you had a birthday? So you, you got both of them. So brother, you got to sing loud, pretty, and just, just put some feeling behind it. Yeah. Happy birthday this morning. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, God bless you. Happy anniversary to you. Amen. Well, Kim, does he take you for a steak dinner on anniversary on birthdays too? I hear you. Rick's going, no. <laughs> I put you on the spot, brother. Amen. All right, let's get a blue book and turn to page 164. 164.
44. Bibles this morning turn to the book of Matthew. 
chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24. We'll read just about the whole chapter. Uh, this is where Jesus, I'm going to start in verse 3 and we'll skip just a little bit. He goes, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He had been talking to them about what well, the Pharisees and different things going on. And they had went outside the temple, it tells us in verse 1, and and they were were going, he was showing them the building, and, and as they got to sitting there, the disciples of verse 3 said, he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came unto him privately, this one says privately, saying, tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. So they, they, they adhere, they listen to what Jesus was saying, and, and they said, when's all this going to come to be? When, when will the temple be destroyed? Because it was a beautiful, magnificent temple. They were still working on it at this time. And Jesus said before that, that there wouldn't be a rock kept together. And they're like, so when's all this happening? Jesus, tell us. So he goes into it, and he, he says in verse 4, And he answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that thou be not troubled, for these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. He says, then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted. You shall be killed and you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So Jesus gives them a description. If you listen to the description, you flip on the news at night, don't that sound about like what's going on? Yeah. I mean, just, just pretty much pretty much as you go. I want to skip down just a little further. We're going to pick up in verse number 32. He says, now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branches is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, shall also be coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days they were before the flood, they were eating and drinking Marrying, giving in marriage, until that day that Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So also shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall be two in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is the faithful and wise servant? whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give him them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom this his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him doing so. So Jesus has given a bunch of different things as to when he'll return. 
kind of a picture. And as he says, nobody knows the time or the hour, but boy, he gives us a lot of things to be looking for. He says, you look, I like what he says, if you'd known when the thief was going to break in, in that hour, you'd have been prepared, wouldn't you? But he said, so be prepared all the time. And, and you know, he goes on, he tells about the parable of the fig tree. And it's strongly believed that whenever the fig tree is mentioned, it talks about the nation of Israel. On May 14, 1948, David Ben-Gurion, the head of the Jewish agency, proclaimed the establishment of the state of Israel. Harry S. Truman recognized the nation the same day. So I believe with all my heart that he's talking about the fig tree coming to life. Listen to this verse in Psalms 90, verse 10. It says, the days of our years are three score years and ten. And by reason of strength, they be four score years Yet their strength and labor and sorrow for soon should be cut off and we fly away. The psalmist said that the average life of man was 70 years. 70 years from 2018, uh, 2000, excuse me, 1948 would be 2018. But by reason of strength, you could add another 10 years to that which would make it 2028. God said, you don't know when, but listen to, look at the fig tree. For when that fig tree comes to life, that generation won't see death, but will see him come back. I believe we're coming to the end of that fig tree's life. We ought to be ready. If we listen to that description, listen to how he described it. He, he went back to a time when man was completely wiped out before just about. When Noah was building the ark. Noah was building the ark. Why? Because the Bible said God looked at mankind and saw his heart, saw the evil. Well, even was sorry he even made mankind. But Noah was righteous. Noah was the hope that they had. Noah built the ark, and during this time, notice what it said. It says they were, they were eating, and they were drinking. They were basically, they were, they were marrying, giving in marriage. They, they were living life as normal. Much like today, life goes on. You know, and yeah, our, our normal is different than what it was 20 years ago. It's different than what it was 10 years ago. It's different than what it was a year ago. But we're still living our life. Well, we have one thing in common with those that lived in Noah's time that we have in common with today. Just as Noah's time, the people, they were living their life, but they had forgotten the most important thing. They'd forgotten God. Yeah. And here in America, if we look around, I believe we're doing the same thing. Yeah. They were ignoring them. Oh, God's okay. He's fine, but we don't need him right now. Listen to what Proverbs 1, 29-32 says. It says, For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and shall be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. The prosperity of fools shall destroy them. If you listen to what it's brought, the proverb says, it says basically they ran from God. They turned their back. They think they're smart. And he says they're going to eat the fruit of their own ways. The Bible says you, 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 sow, you reap what you sow. And here's what the proverb says. It says basically you're going to have to deal with what you've done. The turning away of the simple shall slay them. The one thing we turned away from here is from God. We don't think we need them. They sought pleasure, if you think about it. And though you think pleasure can be fleeting, 
It can be, it, it can give you some. Listen to what James said. It talking about this. He said that, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You hear that? Every man is. And so we seek that which we would fulfill the lust of our hearts. And he says that when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. James reminds us that, yeah, sometimes when we, we, we hunt for those things for pleasure, we hunt for those things that oh, make us feel good, that's great. But it only lasts for a little while. And Hebrews tells us that, 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 that sin is only good for a season, but you also think life is only a season at a time, isn't it? It was just yesterday I was young. It was just yesterday I was a kid. I look in the mirror and I go, I don't know who that fat balding guy is, but I wish you'd quit putting pictures up in my house. <laughs> when you seek pleasures, realize it only lasts for a little bit. You know, the, the, the problem they had, and the problem we have, is that there's only one way to have fulfillment, to be satisfied. And that's God. We're made in His image. You realize that? When he formed Adam out of dirt, he made Adam in his image. So we, the only way you can be truly fulfilled is to fill that image. But just like Adam, we chose another way. We chose to sin. Adam could have not, but he didn't. Paul said in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You think about it in Noah's time. All they had to do was to worship the Lord. They could have picked up their axe. They could have picked up their hammer, joined Noah in making the ark. But instead they chose to continue to live, ignoring God and ignoring what was going to happen. But God made a plan. You think about this. This sin was going to destroy them, but God made a plan. He said in John 3, and he starts in verse 14, it says, As Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent... Not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, I think the problem with most people is, is they don't understand verse 17. That Jesus didn't come to condemn them. That he came because of the sin that they commit. It's not the sinner that's hated. It's the sin that is. You know, Jesus came and he died and he, he died for my sins. He died for your sins and he came and he died because there was no hope of ever having a relationship that was destroyed because of sin. Paul said in Romans 5, 6, for when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for, I like how he put it, the ungodly. Because you think about it, at one time, we're all ungodly. What's it mean to be ungodly? It's the opposite of being godly. It's the opposite of being what we should be. It is the opposite of following Christ. It is following your own self, doing what you think is right. But Christ died for that. You know, it, you know why would he do that? You ever think about that? Listen to what Peter said in 2 Peter Chapter 3, verse 9. said that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all, do you hear that? All should come to repentance. God wants everyone to be saved. But everybody does not choose that. Just as in Noah's time, here's what most of them did. They went up and they made fun of Noah. They mocked him. Noah would say, God's told me they're sending a flood. Oh, Noah's, well, you know what a flood is. 
Jesus warns us in the Bible, I'm coming back. He tells parable upon parable. He tells story upon story of what's going to happen. The scriptures are full of it. But yet people ignore what God says. No, I'm good. I've got everything I want now. But God gave a gift and it was freely given. As he says in Romans 10, 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Boy, it's the simplest thing in the world, isn't it? You just got to say it. You got to believe it. It's not like most of us do. We say it. We don't believe it. How many, how many of you have ever thought about that? You ever realize we don't believe what we say anymore? We don't believe anything? If you put a speed limit sign up, how many of us believe that you should actually follow those numbers? I, I, I'll give you a hint. I don't. I was on my way to church this morning. Speed limit said 45. I looked down. I'm cruising right up there about 55. I'm going, well, I better slow down. So we don't believe in anything anymore. But the Bible says, if you just confess it with your mouth, believe it in your heart, you shall be saved. You've got to believe it. You've got to pray and mean what you say. Listen to this simple prayer. Listen to this simple prayer. You just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins, rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. That's it. You don't have to learn. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that... There's not a qualification that says you've got to be able to take this Bible, quote it from this side to this side. I could never do that. I'm so glad that it doesn't say after 20 years of college, we'll put your name in a hat and see if you're allowed to, to join in the Christian fellowship. I'm so glad it doesn't say if you work hard enough, you can get in. I'm so glad it doesn't say, well, if you go to a church and if they like you enough, you can be saved. But it says, whosoever should call upon his name yeah. and believe in their heart. Yeah. That's all it is. You just believe what you pray. Because let me tell you, from reading God's word in Matthew 24, there's not much time left. So I, I got a question for you. If you're a Christian, you'd say, hey, I know I'm saved. I, I can tell you the time, the day. I can tell you what I was wearing. I can tell you I know for sure I'm a child of God. How many of us did this verse apply to? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. How many of us are doing what God wants us to do as a child of God? Are you a faithful and wise servant? You know, he said, hey, if you knew what time I was coming back, wouldn't you be ready? But let me tell you, he said, the time soon, the time is now. Are you ready? Are you being steadfast as a child of God? Paul said in 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he said this. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord he said don't just say it do it you want to know why works are important works are important because once you're saved it shows that you love God yeah. you know if, if, if all I did was come home from work and just look at Julie and say hey how's it going did that day after day, she'd probably start to wonder, well, I wonder if he loves me anymore. I've got to show, show her. I've got to tell her every once in a while. So, yes, I do love you. You ever think God wants to hear the same thing or see the same thing for us? Be steadfast. 
That means don't be wishy-washy. Oh, I'm a Christian on Sunday. Come Monday, I'm going to be something else. Or maybe next week I won't be. I'm going to be here one day, here, not there. You need to be steadfast as being a child of God. Amen. Another thing, are you growing? Listen to this. John 15, verses 4 and 5. Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You, you, you realize that if a branch is going to produce fruit if it's not growing. But that branch too, if it's not hooked to the vine, is not going to grow. How close are you to God today? How close are you to God in your everyday walk? Many of us want to keep them afar. Just when we need them, then we'll run up to them. You know, but the scriptures, basically, Jesus says it doesn't work like that. You've got to abide in him. You've got to be part of him. You know, when, when a branch is part of the, the vine or the vine is part of the branch, that means they're interwoven, they're, they're bound together. Without each other, they won't survive. How close are you to Christ? Here's your question. What you're doing during the week, would you want Jesus there beside you? Would you want him... Listening to the words you say, seeing the actions you do. Because let me tell you, if you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit abides in you. So therefore, He's there with you. Well, that can be a sobering thought, can it? He saw what I was thinking. He knows what I'm doing. Oh, maybe I, I might need to change what I'm doing. Maybe our problem is, I think, and I think this is the same thing that was going on and Jesus was warning about, becoming lukewarm. You know, you know what lukewarm reminds me about? You ever go to bed at night and you're freezing to death and somewhere in the middle of the night you, you get so hot you wake up, you can't sleep, you're either you're too, too hot, too cold, you just can't get comfortable. Sweating around your neck, freezing around your feet. Ever thought about it? That's the way a lot of us are. And we all know Jesus' opinion. He told us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, he said, So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You know, he wants you to be one or two. I think he said, if you're cold, I can reach you. If you're not, you're not going to listen. See, somebody that's hot in their Christianity and their walk Christ, they're listening to God. They're doing what God's telling them to do. Those that are cold, when God gets hold of them, they start to get hot again. But the ones that are lukewarm, they just sit there. And look at everybody else. Well, he's talking to somebody else. It ain't me. I know I'm good. I read my Bible last week. Well, I actually read the word Holy Bible as I moved it from this side to this side so I could dust over here. I pray. I thank God for my food. Are we lukewarm in our walk or are we hot and on fire for God? I think the problem is, is why the world's in the shape it is, is we as a church have become lukewarm and we're no longer excited about the fact that Jesus will be here soon. You ever had somebody in your family go away? You know they're coming back. You put welcome home signs up. You get excited. You get ready. Guys, y'all ever done this? Your wife goes somewhere for a few days. They're coming back. You go, man, I better clean up because if I don't, she's going to be upset when she gets home. You know, I, I, we, there, there's no excitement. Look, listen, to, listen to this. Paul told us a little bit about this time. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, he says, for there will come a time when they will not endure sound drop doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. Now, I read that this week, and I got a thing. I said, you know, it doesn't matter really what the man of God in the pulpit's saying because it matters what you're listening to. 
A lot of us, we, we, we stop up our ears part of the time, or we'll take the Bible, we'll white out just a little bit, and, and we're going to say, hey, I'm only going to listen to what I think makes me feel good. The itchy ear syndrome. You know, the people, there are those that, that, that here's what you're doing, is you'd rather hear the fluff than the whole thing. You don't want the meat, you just want some gravy. Gravy's easy to get in. It's easy to understand. You know what I don't like reading sometimes? The Bible when it tells me I'm a sinner. The Bible when it tells me I need to repent. The Bible when it tells me I'm wrong. Jesus said it in verse 12 of Matthew 24. He says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Want to know why we don't listen to sound doctrine? Why we don't pay attention to God's word anymore? Because our love has waxed cold. We've become lukewarm. When you're, when, here, here's your way you can tell. You have no peace. As a child of God, we should have peace. We, even, we, we face problems. We face trials and tribulations and they're not easy to go through but we ought to have the peace of God that knows that hey no matter what we're coming out the other side it doesn't mean that we're just walking around going <sighs> it means that when problems arise we don't just fall apart because we know God's got us doesn't mean it doesn't hurt doesn't mean it's not easy because listen to this Romans 5, 15 13 now may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may be abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You want to know why you can make it through some things sometimes that other people can't? Because the Holy Spirit sometimes has to hold you, guide you, and lead you. I have to take peace in the hardest times of my life because I know no matter how bad it got here, God has something in store for me later. I might not live through it. I might not make it through it. But guess what? I know where I'm going when I take my last breath here. How many of us get excited about that? But I think the problem is we have no excitement. Listen to this parable. In Luke 15, Jesus tells a parable. Starting in verse 3. He said, and he spake this parable in them saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you, likewise joy shall be in heaven over one repentance. You know, isn't it amazing? God gets excited when somebody gets saved and we hate to even come to church. It's going to be cold. It's going to be hot. The pews ain't going to be comfortable. I'm not going to sit on the front row because Steve's going to spit on me. I'm not going to sit on the back row because I'm going to fall asleep. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm not, I don't like it. When was the last time you got excited? When was the last time you come to church saying, God, I just want to see somebody walk the aisle and get saved. God, I want to see something great. I want to see a child of God turn around and get excited, start doing that. When was the last time you listened to the Holy Spirit? He said, stand up, share your testimony. I can't do that. Somebody might listen to me. Well, whoo! Holy Spirit knows it anyway. We don't have no excitement anymore. Maybe it's because we're lukewarm. We ought to take a second and remember who we are. Do you know what you are? Listen to this. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his followers. He says, ye are the salt of the earth. You know what salt is? It's something that brings flavor to it. It preserves it. I mean, how many of you like potato chips without salt on them? They ain't no good, amen? You need a little salt on it. You want know, you to make a grown man cry? Let him go to the doctor and the doctor say, hey, you can't have salt no more. 
We love it. We need it. The world needs us. Amen. Listen, it goes on though. He says this. He says, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherein shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Don't lose your saltiness. Don't let Satan rob you from your joy. Get excited every once in a while. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. He tells us this. He goes on. He says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto the, all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus basically said, basically said this. He said, I let you. Now go out and shine. Go show the world what it's like to be a Christian. You know what the world thinks of when they say Christian? Somebody who's judgmental. Why don't we show them what it really means? We're excited. God's coming back. Why do we tell people about Jesus? Because we don't want none to perish. Why do we go to church? We want to get more of Christ. I'm like a bucket with a hole in it. Constantly got to put some water in it to keep that thing going. If I don't, it's going to ooze out. And I'm just going to be a useless, rusted piece of junk. So I got to come and I got to get filled up. Today's the day to get filled up. Today's the day to come to know Christ. He's coming back. He's coming back soon. Read Matthew 24. Read Matthew 25. Realize that we're living in end times. Are you ready? Listen to this. Revelation chapter 22 verses 12 and 13. Here's where I'll close this morning. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. To every man according to his work shall be. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This season is almost at an end. Are you ready? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, Father, I thank you for the privilege it is to be a child of God. Lord, that as a, a young boy, I cried out and called upon you to come into my heart. Lord, you forgave me of my sins and you changed me. Father, I haven't always been perfect. Lord, I've strayed from you. I've been that one sheep that wandered off. But you came and you got me. And I thank you. Father, as the time grows near for your return, let us look to the clouds. Let us look to the sky because you're coming back soon. Father, let us share what God has done for us. Let us be that light that's on, the, on a hill, that city that can be seen. That people might see and want what we have. Help us to be what you would have us to be. And Father, if there's someone out there that doesn't know you. Lord, I pray that Lord, they'll pray that prayer. They'll believe it in their heart. Lord, just touch them this morning. Touch all of us. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. Ms. Liz.
Can't think of a better way to end the service, amen. I hope y'all have a blessed and wonderful week. I pray that God just fills you with his spirit. We'll see y'all Wednesday night.